0: TalkShoot Recorded live Good evening everybody It is 11-11-11 November 11th 2011 This is Matthew Ott Sitting in for Bill Fink On uh, Christagenia On TalkShoot uh, I feel really privileged to, to be here tonight Like I said earlier uh Bill's on vacation. And uh, Carolyn Yeager will be sitting in him in for him uh tomorrow night. I can't wait for that. Bill had uh, introduced my show last week saying that this is my first show on talk Show. It is actually my third. Uh, it has been a while, but uh not as part of any of his scholarly segments it was uh, a part of uh, Christoleos, it was a fellowship show uh, my first show I did, it was a discussion on relationships and then my second one was I think it was kind of like a commentary on Paul I started doing some video blogs and uh, I guess it's kind of getting my chops up for maybe tackling a few talk she shows Hopefully you guys will let me know what you think. You know, I'll think about maybe doing a few more, but I want to get some more video blogs under my belt. Um, I kind of like to start this out with a a disclaimer. I'm only going to attest to being a student of history and a student of the Bible. I'm by no means a scholar. I consider Bill and Clifton true scholars of history and of scripture. But I am most certainly moved by our Father to step up and help present the truth to my brethren to the best of my ability. You know, in my opinion, you don't, you don't need to go to college to and, and get a degree to teach your children that 2 plus 2 equals 4. That's simple arithmetic. That's how simple I think the truth can honestly be, uh, as long as you have the foundation to build upon. And uh, that foundation is, is becoming quite solid. I pray I'm not biting off more than I can chew this evening. Uh, I guess I really haven't even introduced the topic of discussion tonight. Um, It's spirit versus soul. And I'm hoping that I can make a a clear distinction between the two, Uh, try to break it down through some etymology, uh, grammar, uh, Sitz and leaving. Which essentially is the life setting. Um, it should also help bring to light um, the understanding and, and the awareness of certain doctrines and how they are false according to their usage of soul, spirit, and there are definitely some misinterpolations of these kindred words.
1: Um, I'd also like to uh, give
0: Clifton-Emaheiser and Bill Fink uh, credit ahead of time for a lot of the information that I'm going to be bringing forth. Uh, I'll I'll mention which papers um, I'm getting them from possibly as I go along, but it's Um, a lot of it
1: is uh, basically what I learned from them.
0: I want to, um, I'm hoping that tonight I can attempt to show that uh, one key difference between the spirit and soul is actually a level of existence as well as show that there are different kinds of souls, as well as different kinds of spirits, which essentially ends up boiling down to that which is clean and unclean. Uh, there's there's so many lukewarm Christian doctrines uh, that use spirit and soul interchangeably, as if there's really no difference between them. When you you write them down etymologically, um, we see that the two words have been separate for millennia.
1: Um, Way back to its Hebrew roots, you had
0: two separate words
1: for spirit and soul. Um,
0: In the Latin, spirit comes from the word spiritus, meaning breath, Um, and it is distinguished from the Latin word anima, which is used for the context of soul. Just like uh, in Greek, the same distinction exists where pneuma is... Translated as breath or spirit, and then you have the word psyche, which is the
1: translation for soul. And in the Hebrew, um,
0: the soul comes from uh, Nefesh, Strong's number. Uh, Fifty-three, fifteen, and you have spirit that comes from the the Hebrew word ruach, I believe, but that's Strong seventy-three hundred seven. So I mean, you can see that there have been, you know, all along. There's always been two separate words for spirit and for soul, and the modern context today is so jumbled, it makes you think why there was even any distinction between the two. Well, there, you know, here's a start at showing how there has always been a separation of the two. So obviously there's got to be a distinction. So let's dig a little bit farther. Um, from, uh, From, and Strong's, it says the, the meaning of soul, the, the Hebrew word nefesh, um, self, life, creature, person, appetite, mind, living being, desire, emotion, passion, um, that which breathes, the breathing substance for being, the inner being Dictionary I have is from 1979, and the latest dictionary I have, dictionary I have is from 2003. Um, I'm going to start with the American Heritage College Dictionary, which actually seems to, to bear the most weight. This is up in 1997. Soul, the definition the animating and vital principle in human beings, credited with the, the faculties of thought, action, and emotion, and often conceived as an immaterial entity. Two, the nature of human beings regarded as immortal, separable from the body at death, and susceptible to happiness or misery at a future state. Three, the disembodied spirit of a dead human being, a shade. Four, a human being. Spirit. One, the vital principle or animating force within living beings, an an incorporeal consciousness, the soul, considered as departing from a person's body at death. The Holy Spirit, a supernatural being as an angel or a demon, a being inhabiting or embodying a particular place, object, or natural phenomenon, fairy or sprite, the part of a human being associated with the mind, will, and feelings. The essential nature of of a person or group. A person is characterized by a stated quality, an inclination or a tendency of a specific kind. Now, there's, there's two things that I'd like to point out here. The first one in soul, uh, the, the fourth definition, has stated simply a human being. And then uh, spirit, and the, the second definition said, the soul considered as departing from a person's body at death. And then, of course, the next one, the Holy Spirit.
1: Um, I, I, while I'm looking
0: at it, I, I kind of would like to bring this up. I thought this was quite odd and, and worth writing down and mentioning. One of the things that I I think has been going on, and I'm pretty sure that part of the agenda of of convoluting the truth has been in uh, trying to make it indistinguishable between spirit and soul. And, And that helps to have that convoluted understanding, then you're not, you don't understand such scriptures as. John chapter 3, 3 through 13. But here in in this Webster's Dictionary, the Handy School and Office Edition, 1979, neither spirit nor soul exists in in that dictionary. Uh, I'm not really sure what the significance is, but I just found that quite odd. Um, uh, You know, I didn't realize there had to be a a Webster's Dictionary of uh, Handy Religious Terms or something like that, you know. Anyway, the the next one I'm going to reference here is Webster's Dictionary of Basic English Words for Daily Use. Um, Soul is defined as the spirit in a man that is believed to be separate from the body and is the source of a person's emotional, spiritual, and moral behavior. I think right there, you know, just through that simple um, definition, and that's the only definition they give for it, they're already, you know, they're already mixing spirit with soul and and helping to, uh, you know, equate exactly one with the other. Then the the definition for spirit is the vital essence of man, considered divine in origin, the part of a human being characterized by personality and self-consciousness, the mind, the Holy Ghost, the creative power of God, a supernatural being as a ghost or angel. The next word I'm going to move on to is Webster's Dictionary and Source, 1992. Soul, simply being defined as spiritual part of a human being or a person. And then, of course, you have spirit, the definition for spirit. They have simply soul, ghost, essential character or meaning, courage, liveliness, frame of mind. Very, very generic definitions, if you ask me, and I think uh, help accomplish, you know, the further befuddling of our children. Webster's English Dictionary, 2003, soul, is simply defined as the spiritual element in man, conscience, essence, a person. I mean, at least they're getting the a person part right. Then spirit, the breath of life, and, of course, the inevitable, the soul, a specter, um, vivacity, courage, essence. Now, the last one I'm going to go to here is uh, Webster's New World Dictionary, 3rd College Edition, soul, an entity which is regarded as being the immortal or spiritual part of the person, and though having no physical or material reality, is credited with the functions of thinking and willing, and hence determining all behavior. Two, the moral or emotional nature of a human being. Four. Yeah, I must skip three. Vital or essential part, quality or principle. The person who leads or dominates central figure, uh, embodiment, personification, or finally a person. Then, spirit, we have the life principle, especially in man, originally regarded as inherent in the breath or as infused by a deity. That is one of my favorite definitions so far. I'm not even sure what year this college edition is. Um, Let's see. Well, then we have the inevitable soul. Uh, Next is the thinking, motivating, feeling part of a man, often as distinguished from the body, mind, intelligence, and it has life, will, consciousness, thought, Etc., regarded as separate from matter or a supernatural being. 5. Frame of mind, disposition, mood, or temper, and then finally, a divine animating influence or
1: inspiration. So,
0: basically, what I'm getting from a lot of these definitions is that there has, there at least is an underlying theme that has stayed with each one of those, and that is simply that soul, for the most part, is associated with the physical embodiment. Now, you did see that there were a few definitions that, you know, included a definition that Separated the soul from the body as a spiritual entity. Um, what now? I'm going to give you my my vague definitions of soul and spirit. Is that the, the soul? The soul is your is yourself. It is your individualism. It is it is your individual consciousness. It makes, it is, it's kind of, it's almost like your own body where, you know, the way your soul is individual to you is, you know, how the spirit is channeled through you and and how, you know, makes you you. Now, the spirit, or your spirit, that is the that is the, the foundation of your entire existence. That is the power of Yahweh, the peace of Yahweh his, part of His breath. That is the fundamental binding element to our
1: soul. Now, understanding the distinction between spirit and
0: soul, um, you know, it it helps to clarify the understanding of what the good news is all about. You know, that's what what, um, churchianity likes to call the New Testament. It's the
1: good news what's the good news you know quite
0: frankly I'd like to know what was the human race in so much grave danger over that this God would send his only son to die for us to save us this human race I never understood that concept from the churchianity perspective and specifically, the Catholic perspective. I was raised Catholic. The, the vagueness of it all—I mean—had me really done with the with that religion by the time I was 15 years old. You know what? Seriously, the the good news is that if anyone believe that Jesus died for us, that they're saved? Saved from what? Nibiru? Ah, but even Eli James says that we should be afraid and find a cave to crawl into. So if a Catholic identity, I'm, I mean um, a Christian identity pastor doesn't even believe the human race is safe from the biru, then what the hell is the good news you know that 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 what we can you know be bored to death for an hour in a in a freaking church, you know waiting to get back out of those doors and and sit down and watch a bunch of niggers run a pigskin ball up and down the field
1: pretty much as Bill likes to explain it? No. The good news can
0: be helped explain through the differentiation of soul and spirit, in that the souls of all the legitimate children of Israel, through Abraham, through Noah, through Adam, of Yahweh Himself, are unbroken sisters, worthy temples, able to house the Spirit of Yahweh. And only those souls can receive the cleansing Spirit of God. By accepting Yahshua as our kinsman redeemer, as set out by Levitical law and prophecy. This in itself can only be recognized through the full revelation of the identity of Yahweh's children, which is the cornerstone in understanding what Christian identity is all about. It's not a title, it's not a religion. It is an understanding of heritage. So, quit tossing that title around like it's it's something to list up there with uh, Asatru and, and Zeitgeist and stuff like that, like it's some, you know, you know, we're we're just, you know, another one of those kooks out there who, who you know, needs something to believe in. No, this this is the truth. It doesn't get any better it's the only place that you need to be. It's the only thing that you need to understand.
1: And that full revelation
0: of the identity of Yahweh's children is also not this polyglot force fed into our psyche called the human race, but the true race of man. And that, the race of man was recognized worldwide as the white race up until about the 19th century i mean i i've seen it in an an early edition of webster's dictionary i think it was about 1856 1866 something like that but that's under the word man you see the definition white society white man white civilization. Now to sum up what the good news truly is and and how it relates to spirit and soul is that the same family tree that Yahweh chose to be the bearers of his legacy through the Abrahamic, Abrahamic Covenant The same people he divorced and scattered for their infidelity to him, he willingly sacrificed himself for in order to satisfy his own law out of his love for his own. This sacrifice satisfied the terms of the first contract, essentially freeing us from the judgments of that contract law which is the ultimate price for sin, which is the findings of death. Now, obviously this does not mean that we are no longer bound by the law. You know, I kind of feel like a broken record on this and, and, and the idea of this is still thrown out there by people who either don't wanna open their ears and their eyes or they just have a flat-out problem listening, I suppose. The fact is, is that, you know, the law still exists. It obviously still exists. But the law, as we were under it until the Messiah came, came with, with literal penalties because we were still li- we were still legally under contract with God. And when Yahshua came and fulfilled that, we were no, there was no longer, our blood was no longer life.
1: He paid for it with his own. The new covenant is a recognition
0: by our Father that it is inevitable that we will sin, but we're not accounted as the perpetrators of the sin, but merely the victims of that sin's temptation. The importance that is stressed by our Father to us through Yahshua, through the apostles, and through all of our Christian kindreds who have tried to, to keep the truth going throughout the years is to, to convey the importance of that learned lesson to your brethren so that then they learn from your mistake so that they don't necessarily have to make that same mistake themselves. And then, of course, the less mistakes that we're making the closer to the fulfillment of the kingdom of God we get.
1: I mean, really, it, 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 is, it is that simple. You know,
0: there's so many people who, you know, and I, was, I counted myself among them for many years. You know, what can we do? Oh, my goodness, what can we do? Well, it is as simple as first learning and understanding the truth and then spreading that truth to your brethren because we all know there is no political solution. That's too well infiltrated. That's why you can only stick with your brethren. And by passing on the understanding that, you know, if we keep ourselves separate, you know, we teach our children not to, to race mix, that we teach our children to treat their brothers and sisters with compassion and with love and patience and understanding, that that is the foundation for the kingdom of God. And after all these thousands of years, we still haven't learned that, and Joshua and Essentially, Yahweh is forced to come in and just freaking clean house. thats He knew that ahead of time. He's told us that ahead of time. The only way this is going to get fixed is for him to finally come in and freaking clean
1: house. You can actually, you can
0: look at it as I don't know if anybody has seen the movie They Live. It's a pretty funny B-rated movie, but you know a lot of CIs like to reference that as to, to to gain the initial understanding as to what we we're actually dealing with. You would see if you had the glasses, okay. Now, for those of you who are not familiar with the the movie They Live, it was a movie in the 80s with the WWF wrestler Roddy Piper as the the star. The acting was pretty bad and all that stuff. But the, the general premise of it was that there were aliens walking amongst us that we could not see and tell that they were different from us quote-unquote, human beings, human race, unless you put on these specially fabricated glasses, and these creatures, these aliens disguised as us, were in all positions of power. And, you know, they were basically enslaving the human race. You know, it's, you could do the same thing today. If you had a pair of glasses, that showed you anyone with a non-Adamic soul, that is what you could probably equate the they lift glasses to. That's what you would see. You would see something ugly. You would be able to see the, the difference between an Adamic soul, which is fused With the breadth of our thought, there would be no way you you wouldn't be able to tell the difference, and that's what we're dealing with, but we can't see most of the time you know obviously we can we can see the difference and you know between an obvious black person and a chinaman and, and things of that nature, but the more insidious has been there for quite some time, and and that obviously is the, the the Jewish serpent seed line, and that's the main subject of the parables, the wheat, the tares, and uh, those similar, because you can't really tell them apart. Sure, there's some physical features and stuff, but you would have to have one of those glasses, like on day lift to be able to see the difference. And because they look so much like us, and because they can mimic a lot of the things that we do, and because we are easily swayed from that narrow path that, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, my brothers and sisters, and I know that you guys know that. You know, it's easy to fall off of that path. And You know these people have been around for a long time to to keep our minds off of what it's what they really what we should be
1: focused on. Sorry, lost my place. Now, there are different kinds
0: of souls, and there are different kinds of spirits, though, too. That we need to understand. It's very much like, um, you know, the the different races of our physical embodiment.
1: The soul... is the sister.
0: Now, the the soul is usually equated with, you know, the physical manifestation of the body. But the soul itself is the sister or the spirit. Now, the soul certainly carries some quote-unquote spiritual properties to it, Um, You know, your your actual individualism, your regulation of emotion and, and things of that nature, your temperament, all that. But the spirit that is able to inhabit these souls, for the most part, were previous souls themselves. Now, our souls, our bodies,
1: can contain any kind of spirit out there. It is
0: preferred, obviously, that the spirit that our soul is to contain is that of the Holy Spirit, that
1: of the breath of life. And the more
0: spirit that our soul contains, I believe, is based upon how close we align ourselves with
1: the laws of Yahweh. Now, any non-Adamic soul cannot... house the spirit of Yahweh. It no. can most
0: certainly house other kinds of spirits, you know, the, the bastard spirits of their dead brethren. Or even just the, you know, the, the initial binding power of, of Satan's maliciousness because his this, this non-Adamic soul's existence comes from from Satan it
1: doesn't come from Yahweh. You know the the uh, King Saul
0: is a is a prime example of an Israelite, even an Israelite in the highest position, where his body, his soul was taken over by unclean spirits. I think his jealousy and his rage is what allowed that to happen. But there were times that it was recorded that he, you know, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, too, and was prophesied. Or even when, when, uh, you know, when his, his soul was being troubled by the unclean spirits, he would have David come in and, and play for
1: him and that would ease spirits. But any non Adamic soul
0: is, is a broken system. It is not a product of Yahweh.
1: You know, Yahweh took something non living
0: soil, clay, wet dust, whatever you want to call it, and formed an image of himself and breathed life into that earthen construct. Yahweh essentially animated that earthen vessel with his DNA, thus creating his first earthly child, born of both heaven and earth. I'd like to call to mind the, the scriptures, of John chapter 3. I'll read that to you now. I'll read chapter 1 through, uh, through 13, I believe. Now there was a man from among the Pharisees, Nicodemus was his name, a leader of the Judeans. He came to him at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from Yahweh, for no one is able to make these signs which you make unless it could be that Yahweh is with him. Yahshua replied and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a man should be born from above, he is not able to see the kingdom of Yahweh. Nicodemus says to him, How is a man able to be born being old? Is he able to enter into the womb of his mother a second time to be born? Joshua replied, Truly, truly, I say to you, if one should not be born from water and spirit, he is not able to enter into the kingdom of Yahweh. That which is born from of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born from of the spirit is spirit. You should not wonder what I said to you that, It is necessary for you to be born from above. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know from where it comes and where it goes. Thus we are all who are born from of the Spirit. Nicodemus responded and said to him, How can these things be? Joshua responded and said to him, You are a teacher of Israel, and you do not know these things. Truly, truly, I say to you, that which we know we speak, and that which we have seen we attest to, and you do not receive our testimony, if I speak to you about earthly things and you do not believe, how shall you believe if you were to speak, if I would speak to you about heavenly things? Now, no one ascends into the heaven except he who has descended from heaven. Son of Man. Now that last verse I'll I'll touch on a little bit later, but this right here is I mean that's it in a
1: nutshell. It's distinguishing
0: the vessels of God the vessels of creation to the vessels of destruction.
1: He he is dictating
0: very clearly that there are those who originated. he's, He's saying where we originated from. You know, our origins, our DNA, come from heaven. They started as spirit. Our bodies, and they are simply only our body, according to the creation account, our body was simply formed in an image, and it was made from dirt from the ground. But when Yahweh breathed his breath into it, that body that was formed of a creation, a, a something Yahweh had already made from nothing with just a word, he brought two things together and created a living soul.
1: Now, there is
0: a difference. There is the living soul, and that is what Yahshua is attesting to here when he's talking to Nicodemus, being born of spirit and water. You must be a living soul. Anything else is simply the walking dead. Have these... these uh, Souls are talked about in Scripture, in referenced to as the the walking
1: dead, the, the twice dead. Um, I'm sure, I could come up with others. place again. Way to go. I I kind of have it,
0: uh, I guess, definitions that I had created a little while ago when I started this paper, Spirit versus Soul. I guess it's been well over a year since I started this, so I'm I'm really trying to assemble such a, a convoluted set of notes. I know I'm making it. Living souls are those creations of Yahweh who are kind after kind and therefore unbroken vessels able to contain Yahweh's breath which is, is the Holy Spirit which is
1: the Spirit. And it's, it's within
0: their essential DNA that gives them that distinction. It is that breath of life that is infused into our genetic makeup. It is that element that is missing from the walking dead that makes them the walking dead. It's almost like... um, you know, say you you know equate equate the the Holy Spirit to this extremely radioactive element that can be housed within this suit that has this special fiber holding it together. You put it in any other suit, and it's just going to destroy it. Same kind of silly concept, but but that's it in a nutshell. You know, all these all these other humans, humanoid, you know, whatever the the Jews want to convince us is either like us, equal to us, or even better than us. You know, they don't even come close. And the thing is, is that we, we are farther from understanding that because we are so far from Yahweh. We would be able to tell and see for ourselves. We would be able to feel it and see the interaction between our brethren. You know, we would all be so filled with the Holy Spirit and then, you know, we would wonder, you know, what on earth made us think anything differently than, than knowing that this is what we can accomplish and this is the, the, how Yahweh wants to work through us. You know, the more of these walking dead that we have around here, you know, and that's, that is the essential goal. That's why, that's why Satan wants to wipe us out because we, we are that shining light on the hill. We are the representatives of Yahweh here on earth. We are the light. But how bright that light shines is is based upon how we love each other, how we embrace the law and use it in our everyday lives and walk the walk, not just talk the talk, but walk the walk. And part of walking that walk is actually doing the talk, too, because that means you have to teach your brethren. You have to introduce them to the truth. That is what our job is. You know, some of us are better at it than others. Some of us have the gift. Some of us are petrified to, to open our mouths, but we're, you know, extremely elated to know the truth. But this situation is explained in the the parable of the, the uh, employer and the employees, where he left talents of silver with three employees. He left five with one, three with another, and one with another enough according to their abilities. You know, those of us who have the gift, you're given those five talents. You're expected to be able to produce another five. Those of you, you know, who aren't so graced with the gift but are still knowledgeable and still have the drive do it you're given and and those of you who you know are, are have trepidation over spreading the news, you know maybe a lot of it has to do with you know you're the type of person who can't speak in front of a bunch of people. you would rather speak in confidence. Well, that's why you're only given one, but don't hold on to that. Do not keep your mouth shut. That's what this parable is trying to tell you. Don't keep it outside. Spread the news to every Adamic soul out there that you can possibly spread it to, that you are capable of spreading it to. Because that way, then, those, there will be more souls opening themselves up to let in the light of the Holy Spirit and blind Satan a little bit more. He wants to extinguish that light. He wants to eradicate this world of those souls who have the ability to
1: hold that bright light, the only light. So essentially, only a living soul
0: can contain the spirit of Yahweh and therefore be considered holy. Any non-Adamite is born from above the earth, the result of the fallen angels wanting children of their own, and only able to achieve that by breaking Yahweh's laws. These are the dead souls the walking dead, the twice dead. These are not Yahweh's children. They are an abomination to him. They can never be Christians because only Adamites and Israelites can be Christians. Every pure white person on this planet is a Christian, whether they like it or not. Christian is not a religious connotation. It is a statement of heritage it is a statement of race, a completely separate group of individual souls who by their very nature and heritage are gifted with the ability to contain the cleansing spirit of Yahweh a power that all other souls and the fallen angels wished they could have. Why do you think Cain was so jealous and killed Abel?
1: Why do you think Lucifer
0: was so peeved because he was greedy? jealous over a power he could not have because he was not. He was... The the angels are the angels. The messengers are the messengers. They are a
1: completely different race.
0: The children, the literal children of Yahweh Whether you know it or not, and and most people, you know, right now in our earthly form, you know, I'm sure we are not as powerful as the angels, that's for sure. But apparently, our position as the children of Yahweh is held in higher esteem. And that is one of the reasons why Lucifer was so
1: taken. The individual soul becomes an individual
0: spirit upon departing the body Some of the definitions express that idea. Uh, I, I concur. And where and depending where that soul originated from, that is where the spirit stays. And since our souls are from of Yahweh, therefore our spirits are too and return to him. Spirits of the departed non-Adamic souls remain here on earth until Judgment Day.
1: You know, the fallen angels are bound here on earth.
0: They've been bound here on earth. You know, I think it's just, I think it's absolutely ludicrous that, you know, there's teachings going on out there that the fallen angels came from Nibiru or some foolishness like that. That's a direct contradiction to Scripture. Number one, it's not even mentioned in Scripture at all. And number two, the the fallen angels fell from where? They fell from heaven. From the sight of God. To be on a planet, period, is to be earthbound. It'd be silly to even think that these fallen angels originated from a planet. That would mean that they weren't earthly in the
1: first place, that they couldn't have fallen from anywhere. And
0: for for 5,000 years, because these fallen angels have been chained to this earth, they, they had the power over our departed ancestors, over their spirits. It the disembodied
1: souls. And it wasn't until, and that's where you
0: get the concept of hell from. Bill explained not so long ago that it was actually called Tartarus. That's actually the, the Greek word that I think Paul even used in reference to hell. But that
1: is where that was all part of that covenant. Those
0: spirits of our ancestors were locked away in hell. They were not allowed to go see the Father as a result of their sins. But what happened, see what what Yahshua did for us was not just for the living, it was for the dead too. It it fulfilled it fulfilled the contract for both the living and the deceased. I shouldn't say dead because we never die. We our bodies may become deceased. But I think our consciousness you know, our souls, who we are, we don't die because of that fundamental element that is Yahweh. And what happened when when Yahshua made that sacrifice and he died? He went to hell and he unlocked the gate, didn't he? He let all our people out. Where else do you think he's going to get this... this immense host of saints to come down to earth with. If he wouldn't have done that, we, you know, even our brethren who died yesterday, they'd all be locked in hell again. But they're not. You know, all of our deceased brethren are waiting for the time to come that they can return and participate in a world that they you know i'm sure are just as excited to see as we are you know amel that's a very that's a very good question lisa uh, it's very possible you know they they could have been you know their earliest uh generic experiments, who knows But that's not, you know, that's something to postulate, but nothing to really uh, rack your brain over and try to uh, equate it with with scripture because it's almost irrelevant.
1: Well I hope uh
0: I hope I covered things well enough and, and didn't jump around too much. Try to keep on topic and keep things as, as concise and simple as I know how. Um, I'd like to thank everyone for being here tonight. I had a good time and uh I'd like to do this again, and Yahweh bless everybody, and uh, this has been another installment of Christagenia here on TalkShoot,
1: take care and good night.